I'm McKinney Smith. In 2009, while going through a divorce, I decided to jump straight into entrepreneurship. In 2012, I lost my sister and asked myself, what legacy do I want to leave behind? Since then, I've become a serial entrepreneur, helping other women publish their books, produce their podcasts, and reach their big goals to walk in their greatness. I realized the importance of sharing our stories of resilience and how it can be another's guide to walk in a manner worthy of their calling. We are blessed to be a blessing. So get ready to be blessed with an inspiring testimony. Hey, Legacy Leavers, thank you for joining us in the Awaka My Stilettos podcast, the top 1.5% most popular show in the world, where we have conversations with extraordinary women that are letting us step into their shoes. I help women to own their voice to create impact, prosperity, and legacy. I get inspired when I see another woman succeeding, but what interests me more is her mindset and her backstory on how she got there. So today's guest is about to bless us with her testimony, and since you're already here, you may as well subscribe. Today we have Taylor Lindsay Noel. She's a motivational speaker, disability advocate, council member of the Premier's Council of Equity of Opportunity, and owner of Cup of Tay, a luxury loose tea company. In 2008, when Taylor, an inspiring Olympic gymnast, suffered a devastating accident while in training that left her paralyzed and in a wheelchair, driven to overcome her challenges and transform her situation into something meaningful and extremely valuable to lives, she launched Cup of Tay in 2018 with the goal of providing the world's finest loose leaf organic teas. And in 2020, her company caught Oprah's attention, making it on her list of favorite things. So please welcome to the show, Taylor Lindsay Newell. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Excited to be here. (laughs) Thank you so much for agreeing to come on and share your story with us. Of course. So, I mean, first off, I just, I want to start with where you were before you got to where you are presently. I love to get into the minds of our guests as an icebreaker question. And, you know, because as kids, we have these vivid imaginations of who we want to be or what we want to do before society tries to limit us and put us into a box and tell us to be realistic. So I would love (laughs) to know, like, what did you want to be when you were a little girl? Uh, When I was a little girl, I wanted to be a sports doctor uh, being a high-level athlete, that's kind of the journey a lot of us take and get into healthcare or find some find a way to be a part of the sport still. So I set my sights on becoming a sports doctor and maybe one day being like the national doctor for Team Canada um, and be able to travel with athletes and things like that. So that was definitely the dream back then. But we definitely... Uh, found herself in a very different place. Right, right. So you've had to to pivot, obviously, as like I read in, in your intro, you know, you had a, an accident that left you in a wheelchair. Do you want to share uh, that story and how you sure. were able to use that and continue your success and your growth? Absolutely. Uh, like you had mentioned, I was previously a gymnast and I would travel uh, for Team Canada And I was one of the best hopefuls for the 2012 Olympics back just under 14 years ago. 
Um, but one day I went to a very regular day of training and my coach, who had been my coach for years, had approached me to do something I had never heard of before, which was extremely rare, seeing that I had seen everything and was performing at a very uh, high level. You kind of get to know every single skill that's possible. And at the time, I raised my concerns and something in my gut didn't feel right. But at 14 years old, then when you have an authority figure kind of gaslighting you, essentially telling me, oh, people do it all the time. You're letting your fear cloud your judgment. Trust me. I know you better than you know yourself. Um, you do and you trust. And mm-hmm. I trusted him and I attempted it. And the second time I attempted it, I landed head first, which resulted in me breaking my neck and instantly becoming paralyzed from the chest down. So uh ended wow. pretty badly. <laughs> it's pretty much as bad as I can get. And from that day on, my life was forever different. Wow. I mean, I'm 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 sure you hear this all the time. Like, you know, I'm I'm sorry you had to go through that experience, but you've been able to turn that around and use your story in your life to inspire others in so many ways. Yeah, well, thank you so much for saying that. And it it's crazy because when it's your life, like you know what I mean? When it's your life, mm-hmm. you kind of forget about how far you've come. Mm-hmm. And it's just yeah, it's just been such an incredibly humbling fourteen years and I'm happy now to be doing something that I absolutely love and I'm in a good space, but yeah, it definitely hasn't been easy. Yeah. I I can't even imagine, you know, you said you were like 14 and your intuition told you like, you know, this, this doesn't feel right. And I think, you know, Mm -hmm. often as I'm going to say, as women, we doubt our intuition. We don't listen to that inner voice that's guiding us, you know, God's whispers, um, you know, telling us what to do. We've almost been conditioned to ignore that voice and to listen to the voices of authorities or elders or um, people outside of us. Um, Yes, definitely. (laughs) I I guess since then, has that affected how you even listen to your intuition? Oh, yeah, 100%. I never ignore it. Now, um, I... And it, it's to the point where if I even have full on plans to do something and something, even the little something in me is like, don't go. And I don't necessarily even have a particular reason or pinpoint why. I just see it as the universe's protection of maybe that would have, I would have gotten to a car accident or maybe like, and even sometimes when things don't work out, like you're en route to something and you're trying so hard and then all these barriers keep coming up. It's like, this is probably the universe of God protecting mm-hmm. you for something and just go with it. You may mm-hmm. never know what it was and that's okay. But the fact that you're alive and you are safe is the most important thing. So I'm very, very protective of my energy, my space, my uh, intuition. It's extremely on the forefront of my daily thought processes. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I totally agree with you. I feel like when things happen, you know, sometimes it may seem like there's a hurdle in the way or, you know, you could be in traffic and there could be, you know, things that hold you up. Like everything, I believe, happens for a reason. It's almost like it could be protecting you from something that, um, you know, could potentially be your danger. 
So it's being more about going with the flow, being in harmony with things rather than, you know, forcing things. Absolutely. So I would love to hear how your journey with Cup of Tea began and what inspired that and where the business is today. Well, after all of that trauma, when I was young and going to rehab and I say rehab, physical rehab, sometimes when I say that people are like, oh, did you end up in rehab for something else? I'm like, no, physical rehabilitation. I was there for 19 months and then I went to transition back to high school and that was kind of like starting again for me, just rediscovering who I am minus this identity of being an athlete. And so I very luckily had a very welcoming school and I had an incredible teacher named Mr. Gordon who was kind of saw my personality and said, you know, you can get paid in the future to talk. Like mm-hmm. You can become a reporter or something in media and it made sense. And that's something I wouldn't have been a path. If I looked back, truly, I wouldn't have been passionate about being a sports doctor. It's just something I would have done. But media really is something was of interest to me my entire life. I've grown up watching the Oprah show and all these different talk shows and production. And I watched every single show you can think of. So I pursued that in university. I went to Ryerson um, in my city for Toronto, in Toronto um, for radio and television arts. And in university, I started a podcast called Tea Time with Tay, where I would interview someone over a cup of tea. And that was like so fun. And as you know, a very challenging space, but really rewarding and something I definitely will be resurrecting, hopefully by Mm -hmm. the end of the year. Um, But I wanted to get a sponsor for my podcast. And Mm -hmm. I was talking about a company called David's Tea in every episode hoping that one day they would sponsor me and I reached out and I never heard back. And Mm -hmm. I took that quote unquote rejection as an opportunity to create my own tea, start my own brand. And it didn't think it was going to be a full fledged company, but Mm -hmm. as I started doing more research, it developed into its own beast. And I knew if I was going to launch, it was going to have to really be representative of, my work ethic. And that was creating Cup Tay, a luxury elusive tea company with no experience, (laughs) (laughs) with no experience, but a lot of passion and dedication. And here we are going into our fourth year. um, And we've had some pretty, pretty cool things happen so far. I absolutely love, and this is why I do the show, like hearing stories like this truly does inspire me. And I know that the women that are listening are also inspired, but you, in multiple ways, like, you know, you took a tragic, traumatic incident that happened to you and still chose resilience. You still chose to be inspiring and and positive and move forward. And then on top of that, you know, you had, I'd say a a vision of the sponsor that you wanted for your show Mm -hmm. and- you took something that someone may have seen as rejection and, and a, you know, a reason or excuse to no longer pursue something, but you took that rejection and turned that into inspiration and created your own tea company, which I have no idea. I haven't done the research, but I'm sure they haven't been on Oprah's list. <laughs> and no, they have not. 
They have not been on the list. And uh, yeah, we made it onto Oprah's favorite things list just about two weeks shy. The the Oprah's favorite things list that year went live on November 6, 2020. And our anniversary of our second year was November 26. So less than two years into the business, we had, you know, the holy grail stamp of approval. Like there's so many different, you know, awards or lists and things you can get on, but Oprah's favorite things is truly life-changing. And it it still blows my mind because she's been such a major icon in my life, my entire life. The only magazine I've ever subscribed to, the talk show that I fell in love with first, when I wrote into university to get in, my university letter, admissions letters that I wanted to be a hybrid of myself, Oprah, Maya Angelou. And so it's just very surreal. Just the world works, the universe works in mysterious but amazing ways. Well, I wouldn't even call that mysterious because you manifested that. Like you've had Oprah yeah. in your mind. She's been there. That's true. That's, you know, that's so true. I guess I've been waiting. I waited actually 20 <laughs> 27-ish years to get there. So come on, Oprah. Sometimes we manifest things and don't even realize that we've done that. (laughs) I know. I got to be really careful with my thoughts. (laughs) So, you know, what advice would you give to a woman that's listening right now that was just rejected from an opportunity or maybe a vision that they had their mind set on? Oh, rejection is just, you have to get... If you're pursuing anything, you're going to just need to get used to rejection and used to it in the sense that it just means that opportunity wasn't for you. It doesn't Mm -hmm. mean that there isn't going to ever be another opportunity, but just this specific one wasn't for you and that's okay. And that just means you're closer to the opportunity you're truly meant for. Whenever Mm -hmm. you have a rejection, you're just like, okay, I'm just one step closer to where I'm actually supposed to be. Like this thing is no longer holding me back from where I'm truly supposed to be. And Mm -hmm. that's kind of how I approach things. I've kind of think, I think I've mastered the art of pivoting whenever there's been so many different um, opportunities and pathways for my life and career. Like, Again, I went to school for radio and television arts. I should be on my local news, but Mm -hmm. here I am owning a tea company. Mm -hmm. And I've used every skill from what I thought were rejections or missteps in my daily life now. Like I am able to, I handled all of the PR for Oprah's favorite things because I went to school for radio and television arts and felt comfortable working with media. I didn't have Mm -hmm. to hire anyone to manage me. I was able to do it by myself. And so these are all rejection or different directions in your path are just setting you up for what you're truly meant to be. And that's actually an exciting thing. Yes. And like, I want to further drill in that point because I feel like, you know, whether it be the women that come to me for coaching or women that I speak to on a, a regular basis where they, it's almost like they fear rejection, they fear Mm -hmm. failure, not understanding that's a huge part of success. Like when someone, you know, whether it be a person or company or what have you, when they say no, it doesn't mean 
never. It doesn't mean it's not for you. It may open up your mind or your awareness to like in your situation where you created your own tea company. I've mm-hmm. had women that have come on here and shared their story of being told no in other ways. And it forced them to either start their own product or service or create a community because they weren't accepted somewhere else. So sometimes people may hear no or you know feel the no and shut down. But your story is a true example of why you should continue to explore the idea and the visions that you have for yourself and not give up on them. Absolutely. And that's uh, what I like to say is like, no is not synonymous with never. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what I mean? It's not the same thing. Mm -hmm. This means something else is on the way. You're not done. Your story isn't done. It's just a, it's a comma, not a period, you know? Yes, Absolutely. Absolutely. So, okay. So how do you stay motivated? Well, one, I love what I do. (laughs) Uh, I've loved tea. My, I've always like, I'm a Caribbean background. So we, I grew up drinking tea and I really fell in love with tea more when I was in university. Um, I started drinking Starbucks heavily and gained quite a bit of weight Mm -hmm. (laughs) and got that freshman 15 or 20 And I wanted to find a solution to cut down at least one area of calories. And for me, that was switching from caramel macchiatos two to three (laughs) times a day to drinking tea and discovering that there's so many different flavor profiles that I was even exposed to. So that helped. Um, Keeps me motivated because I'm excited to create. I get to create and that is something I love doing as well and branding and packaging and really trying to modernize an industry that's so old. I enjoy the challenge of going up against titans in the industry who've been doing the same thing for a long time. And I feel like we've really shaken up the industry in that way. And beyond being motivated, I the things that keep me motivated is just the opportunity to create generational wealth. It's something that a lot of... Um, I think black families and don't necessarily have as compared to mm-hmm. the rest of society. And the opportunity for that is something that keeps me motivated because it, once we start thinking with that mindset, we are setting ourselves up for, and the generations that come up after us for the life and opportunities that so many other people in this world get and don't even realize how important that is to their own success in their journey. So if I'm helping myself, but also helping people who come after me and that they can be my loved ones, that's really, really, for me, a motivating factor. Yes, definitely. It's about legacy. You know, it's, it's legacy. not those <laughs> are, that are connected to you, but, you know, those that are like everyone that you touch along the way and be able to inspire those that come after you, um, you know, we all know representation matters. So does, in yeah. many different ways for yourself, one, being a woman, two, being a woman with a disability, three, being a black woman, you know, yeah. like there's so many um, different layers to that. Absolutely. I, it's, it's definitely not lost on me. I know that I touch uh, several different demographics and it's hard. It's hard for me to find other people who look, like me or had had my journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like we look for that representation, like you said, being a black 
woman in business, but when you have that extra layer of disability, that pool of people I can turn to be like, I understand you mm-hmm. is so small. It's mm-hmm. crazy. It's very, mm-hmm. very small. I'm not the only one, but it's very, very, very small. So the opportunity to break glass ceilings and show other people that just because I'm sitting in this chair or have nurses and all of these different barriers, what people call barriers in my life, doesn't mean that I'm not able to be successful to work for myself, Mm -hmm. not be these burdens as society likes to portray us to be. Like Mm -hmm. I'm creating jobs and opportunities for other people. So I'm a very, I'm contributing, you know what I mean? But we don't see that. We don't see that it represented in media at all. I, I think it's important that you, you touched on that. Um, I had uh, Julie Black on here maybe a year or two ago and her sister is in a wheelchair and Julie has this phrase that she says, your disability is your ability. And, you know, sometimes one person may look at someone with a disability and their assumption is that, you know, that person can't or, you know, is unable to not realizing that that person may have many other strengths or qualities that they can surpass those, you know, without a disability. And then sometimes it may be the thing that gets you like certain opportunities where, for example, absolutely. for myself, I can use an example of like something simple, one being a black woman. When I was doing my training to to get certified and there was about 130 coaches from around the world um, for Bob Proctor's company and in the room there, I can count on one hand. So there was, I think it was three or four people of color in that room. And I was one of two women. And the fact that out of 130 people, I am one of two black women. Some may have seen that as a disability, but in my case, that ended up being a Uh, opportunity for me because it was like almost everyone in the room wanted to have a conversation with me at some point during that week, you know, their questions or, you know, in their mind, what made me so special? Like, and to me, I'm like, well, I spent the same amount of money you spent to be here, (laughs) but to them, you know, because they see a minority woman in a room with so many other people, that's just like a simple example. But I have other female friends who are coaches with other, I'm going to say disabilities. Like for example, there's one woman who she was born with, uh, so both arms and both legs didn't develop. And Tracy has broken more records around the world than anybody I know for things that most people with all four limbs don't even understand fully how to, to, you know, win. Like, when it comes to boating competitions and mountain climbing and all of these things on top of being a motivational speaker. Yeah. It's, it's insane because like you said, people see it as a hindrance and don't get me wrong. It's not easy, mm-hmm. but I also recognize that I have been placed and had opportunities because of that. And mm-hmm. whenever I do have a platform that I'm able to capitalize on, I make it a point to also try to be that person to open the door for someone else after me. And Mm -hmm. because I'm like, if I get the opportunity to be in this room that maybe I wouldn't have been invited into otherwise, 
this is my chance to mm-hmm. open up that door for someone else after. And this right. is not something that we should feel guilty about or feel like it's a handout or given to us because that these quote unquote handouts is what's been happening to other populations for mm-hmm. generations. generations. Yep. So it's like, this is our first time when we feel uncomfortable being accepted or welcomed into a space that we weren't before. It's like, no, this is, I deserve to be here. Mm-hmm. And since I'm here, like I am woman, hear me roar. Yes. And also here are five other people who yeah. are just as incredible as me, who you guys should really bring in here too. And it's like the only way to help progress society is to be comfortable being uncomfortable in rooms of opportunity, being a voice for others once you have that seat at the table, because Mm -hmm. you never know when you're going to get it again. Yes, I 1000% agree. Um, You know, a huge part of my brand and my mission is about amplifying the voices of other women. And there have been many times where I either felt I didn't have a voice or I was in a room and I was silenced. And that's Mm -hmm. part of the reason why I chose to create my own platform because now I can highlight all the women that I want to highlight or the women that I resonate with or women that may not have ever had opportunities to be on other platforms. Exactly. That's exactly how I saw when I had a podcast. I'm like, I want to tell the, I had the opportunity to, um, intern at Global News, which is a local news station and Entertainment Tonight Canada. And as much as I had great times there, I was telling stories that I didn't really care about. Mm -hmm. And so with a podcast, I was like, I get to interview people who I actually want to talk to, who Mm -hmm. I actually feel deserve the opportunity to tell their stories. And that's a really powerful feeling and a really great feeling to know that you are doing work that fulfills you truly. Absolutely. 1000% agree. I've had many times where I've reached out to women to have them on the podcast and they're like, wow, I've never been on a podcast before. or No one's ever asked, you know, to hear my story before. They only want to know about my business expertise. And I'm like, everyone has a story, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what would you say is your superpower? I think my superpower is my ability to make light in really dark spaces. I've been through a lot. Like Mm -hmm. my accident happened when I was 14. That's like right on the cusp of when you're entering that teenage stage and everything's changing, your hormones, your the way you look at life. And I had this massive curveball sent Mm -hmm. to me and... I feel like through it all, I've handled it with a fair deal of grace. And I'm really proud of myself for that. And I think also my superpower might be the art of pivoting. I've had to, mm. Like I said before, I've changed my direction so many times to be able to land where I am today. And mm-hmm. who knows what happens in the next couple of years. I might be pivoting again. But uh, it keeps it keeps me excited about the things that I do because I know that even if I hit a rough patch, I'll never be stuck there. Mm-hmm. I love that because you're you're always exploring. You're always creating. We were created to create. Absolutely. I love it. So I know that, you know, the, the past couple of years of the pandemic, some business owners have had to pivot. Some business owners, it, you know, helped their business to thrive even more. Um, 
some business owners had to shut things down. So I'm just curious, how has the pandemic affected your journey? In a way, it helped because people get used to their creature comforts, right? Before the Mm -hmm. pandemic, everybody was going into work. You would stop by your local coffee shop on your way to work, your tea store, wherever you're going. And when the pandemic hit, people were forced to find online solutions. And some of my biggest competitors had always had a purely retail-centered focus. And Mm -hmm. here comes the pandemic where people looking online for tea and I already had this mass this infrastructure of a great website appealing photography all set up focusing on delivering your products to your home so Mm -hmm. that was a help obviously being on Oprah's favorite things list in 2020 was a massive help (laughs) um and during that after that opportunity I found myself in a position looking at commercial real estate and saying, okay, commercial real estate prices are the lowest they have ever been right now Mm -hmm. because nobody wants to be in retail. But I was aware that even though e-commerce has taken a really big jump in the percentage of people shopping online, one day we're going back to shopping Mm -hmm. at least in part in store. And I started looking at commercial commercial real estate and found a property at a price it should not have been on in a really great area and decided to purchase it. And yeah, this summer I'll be opening my first brick and mortar location and I'm terrified but so excited. Congrats. At the same time. (laughs) That is very exciting. That is super, super exciting. Like yeah. you said, like because of the pandemic, so many people were having to shift and learn the online space. But, you know, you mm-hmm. already mastered that. So now having the opportunity as things reopen to have your brick and mortar, I'm excited. Yeah. I would love to know where, I guess, what what area so we know where where, where are we visiting? Where are we going to? <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be in North York. Well, I guess it's going to be North York. Dufferin and Lawrence okay. in the city of Toronto. It's very close for people who don't know what that is. It's really close to one of our biggest malls, Yorkdale Mall, uh, very close to there. And mm-hmm. it's going to be a space where people can shop our teas uh, and all of our products in store and also grab and go with tea and cupcakes and different little things. So I'm super excited about it. And awesome. it wouldn't have been an opportunity I would have had before the pandemic. So I feel really blessed. That is amazing. And we will definitely be celebrating and cheering for you. And when you open up, we're going to come by and buy some tea. Um, yes, please. <laughs> so before we go to the final segment of the show, I want you to tell people where they can stay connected with you online to get more updates about um, the new store launch and all of the, your products. Well, you can find me. My my best way to reach me personally is at Taylor LN. Uh, that's L as in Lindsay, N as in Noel on Instagram, Twitter, uh, all those places. It's all the same. And my company is Cup of Tay, spelled C-U-P-O-F-T-E. And you can find us at cupoftay.com or cupoftay.ca if you're in Canada. And on Instagram at cupoftayshop, C-U-P-O-F-T-E shop. 
Awesome. So I will definitely have all of the links to connect with you in the detailed section of the episode so they don't have to search too far. They can just click and connect with you directly. Fabulous. (laughs) Okay. So for the final segment of the show, I call it her walk and her wisdom. Let's just say it's kind of like a rapid fire, but it could be a little slower if I ask you to unpack. (laughs) So your, your answers to either one word, one sentence, whatever comes to mind. Okay, let's do it. All right. Let's start with what's been the biggest surprise you've had in the last few months? Wow. The biggest surprise I've had in the last few months was getting the opportunity to work with the NBA. Mm. Awesome. That's exciting. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) So I know that you have a a tea collection with the NBA right now. Do you want to, to talk about that quickly? Sure. Uh, we, yeah, we had the opportunity come up. The NBA reached out and they wanted to, for celebrating their 75th anniversary, release uh, limited edition products with local businesses or smaller businesses. And we were chosen as one. So we created the NBA 75th anniversary starter T-starter kit, which is available on our website. That is super, super dope. That's exciting. Okay. Next question. What keeps you up at night? my anxiety <laughs> I have, as I'm laughing about it last with pain, I, laugh with you um, I have anxiety as well <laughs> yeah it sucks it really does uh I yeah I suffer from anxiety unfortunately I think a lot of entrepreneurs do um mm-hmm. I'm a chronic overthinker constantly worrying about god knows what so that definitely keeps me up at night it's something I'm working on and uh that's why I'm a strong advocate for mental health uh, awareness and my company also donates to mental health awareness because it's something that does also affect me. I love it. I love it. Um, you know, back in, I'm going to say 2006, maybe I was diagnosed with anxiety and I had mm-hmm. refused to accept that diagnosis at the time um, mm-hmm. in the black community, any form of uh, diagnosis yep. mental health is like considered a no, no. So I had refused that diagnosis and It wasn't until I'm going to say recent years, as I got more into my work as a mindset coach, not only understanding how anxiety works, but being able to provide coping mechanisms and things to my clients that I use as well. So, you know, being open about my own diagnosis and the things that I use to stay grounded and to, I guess, help me with my self-care has been important. I could not agree more. I could not agree more. (laughs) If you could have a gigantic billboard anywhere with anything on it, what would it say and why? I hope I will have a billboard one day. And I hope for the billboard to be the cover of my book, my Ooh. book that I hope to release. And I don't think, I think I'm going to keep the title of that book close to me, but I just imagine the title of the book. And it says, New York's Time Bestseller. Love it. Okay. So uh, we can talk about more of this offline, but I will definitely help you with that process. If you need to, one of my businesses is I actually help women entrepreneurs to publish their books on the same platforms as traditional publishers without their need for validation or approval. 
So we can talk about that if you, you are busy. Um, <laughs> He's I like, got you. Bro. Job, let me let me <laughs> let me find five more. Wow, that's incredible. Uh, Jamaican background, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you know, you know how it is. <laughs> we know how it is. <laughs> okay, so I'm definitely excited for you for that. Um, okay, next question. What new belief, behavior, or habit has improved your life in the last five years? The belief of understanding that everybody is just figuring it out as we go. I think Mm -hmm. when I first started my business, I would look and compare myself to so many different companies or even other small businesses. And you see social media and you think, oh my gosh, they have it all together. And I'd be Mm -hmm. intimidated to talk to anyone about what I was going through or where the business was at because I didn't want them to look down on me. But in opening up and talking to other business owners and them being like, oh, girl, I didn't have a sale last week. And I'm like, oh, okay, me too. All right. Yeah. Like, I thought you guys were winning out here. They're like, no, they take nine. I'm like, you got into retail. They're like, yeah, they take 90% of my profits. I'm like, yeah. oh, okay. All right. And just having those open conversations and realizing that we're everyone's just figuring it out. And mm-hmm. it's okay to have lulls and as long as you're just dedicated to continuing to try you're doing everything right Mm -hmm. I love that and you know to add to what you just said that that point of sharing that that vulnerability piece you know I think oftentimes we stay in silence or we suffer in silence because we think we're the only ones but when you start Mm -hmm. to open up and you're authentic and you're vulnerable about your experiences you attract people who have either had the same experience as you or who are going through the same thing as you. So they can resonate with what you're feeling. And it's like that whole social proof where you don't, you know, you no longer feel alone. You build a community and it's not to say that it's a community around negativity, but you have that support system. People who understand what you're going through or people who have been there that can tell you, um, you know, what's to come or guide you through to your next step. Absolutely. Last but not least, when you feel overwhelmed, unfocused, or uninspired, what do you do? Always start by having a cup of tea, obviously. Mm-hmm. But and I'm just saying that tea really is for me and has always been a very soothing. I call it experience because you know the art of steeping your tea, waiting, whatever you need to do. Like I really do reach for a cup of tea when I'm stressed out, um, mm-hmm. and just these days, allowing myself the opportunity to rest and it's Mm -hmm. extremely difficult because my mind is constantly going and I wear a lot of hats in my business but forcing Mm -hmm. myself to take more mental health breaks is really important and that could look like just allowing myself to watch any reality show that I want without (laughs) feeling any guilt or Mm -hmm. having that you know glass of wine or hanging out with some friends now that the pandemic's slightly getting better it's a little crazy out here Mm -hmm. uh but just just allowing myself time to breathe um and not feeling guilty about it Mm -hmm. because i would do that in the past but simultaneously feel guilty and i'm trying to feel less guilty and it's been helping amazing i think that's great advice to give to the women that are listening because again i feel like as women we're conditioned to either believe one that we should always be 
you know, doing something. We're always caring for others or hustling or constantly on the go. But we do need rest. We do need to experience joy and to explore. And those things are also vital to our success in our business. Because if we don't feel joy and we don't have that, uh, I'm going to say, I don't want to use the word balance. Let's say harmony. (laughs) Uh, We find, you know, harmony in the different areas of our life will feel more fulfilled and just be happier. You're so right. So I would love to know, Taylor, like, have you ever, with all the interviews that you've done, has there ever been any question that you haven't been asked, but there's something that you do want to share with the world? Anything about your story that you feel that people don't know that you do want them to know, or maybe a side that they don't get to see? I guess maybe the side of me that people don't get to see is just how, and I don't know how to prove that right now, but just how (laughs) goofy I am. I think sometimes I've gotten so into this professional role of I'm the entrepreneur, but I'm also Mm -hmm. just like that silly girl out of my friend group. If my friends always say to me, they're like, we see you on these interviews. And we're like, girl, like you were the crazy one of the group. And you're like, I'm the one who's always making and talking way too much to the waiter at at the restaurant. Like I'm that friend where everyone's like, oh my gosh, Taylor, just (laughs) stop. But in the professional world, I'm like, you know, yeah, like Taylor, who's got it together. But in my personal life, I'm quite a goof. So I don't, I can't, I don't know how to prove that to people, but I promise that side is there. And uh, (laughs) my friends are, they rag on me all the time because it's such a funny like dichotomy. I love that you shared that because I I don't believe that 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 is anything that you do have to prove. That's just who (laughs) you are, right? Yeah. Um, And I think especially when you're newer in the entrepreneurial world, we feel like in order to fit in that we have to be professional, we have to look a certain way or do certain things. And I can totally resonate with that because, you know, I became an entrepreneur back in 2009. And I know in the beginning, I would do things like hide my tattoos or um, Mm -hmm. try to keep my hair simple or, you know, any of those things. And I was like, you know what, I am my brand, but at the end of the day, I'm a human being. So I started Mm -hmm. to just be more authentic about who I am. And, you know, if I wanted to wear, you know, sexier fitted clothes or show my tattoos or change my hair every two weeks, like I like to. I I literally (laughs) just changed my hair without, without, I will go from black to blonde in the same Mm -hmm. 24 hours. Like I could care less. (laughs) Oh, but speaking to that, I also am tatted. I have three tattoos, something that might surprise people. And the first one I got when I was 16. So I, I, I got it. I, I got, it. I got two sides, but I really am authentic. This is also authentically me. I don't want to say that I'm fake. This is me, but there are many sides to me that I don't think people get to see. I love that you shared that because, you know, like I said, people may have a perception of someone when they see them on social or see them online mm-hmm. and then not understand there's a human being behind that. And this is a part of why I love doing this podcast is we, get to get to know the person behind their social media or their online presence and get to know that they're actually real people that we can resonate with. Like, you know, they have the same likes and dislikes as we do. They have the same fears that we do. They love tattoos like we do. <laughs> like, yep. You know, you hear parts of their story and you're like, I can completely resonate. 
like even when you were speaking earlier about your love for tea coming from your Caribbean background, you know, some people yeah. don't understand when you grow up in Caribbean household, you know, your kids start drinking like peppermint tea from their oh, years. Yeah, <laughs> literally. Like my mom would always say, you can't start the day without something hot in your system. I'm like, I yes. just want juice. She's like, no. <laughs> Okay. Exactly. See, so we can resonate. So anyone who's listening with Caribbean background, like right now we have a huge Caribbean audience. And for some reason, it's been growing in Trinidad and Tobago. And, um, awesome. you know, it's... it's hey, I'm half Let me clarify. I am born in Canada, but I am half Jamaican and half Trini. So, ah, so you're the yeah. same mix as my daughter's. So my, yeah. <laughs> my, my daughters are half Jamaican, half Trini. And uh, yeah, the best, like, of both worlds. the best of both worlds. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, this is why I love to do this and to hear your stories and, and get to know you. And, and for the listeners and, and people, potential clients and customers to realize that you're a real human being that is just like them and that they should go out and support your business because you're absolutely fabulous. Oh, well, thank you so much. And I appreciate you taking the time and allowing me the space to tell my story to your audience. Well, thank you. Shout out to my Jamaican and Trinis, especially. Yes, (laughs) (laughs) absolutely. Thank you so much, Taylor, for taking the time to join us and for sharing your story with us and all of your gems and your lessons. I know I've definitely learned a lot today. And I know that the women that are listening will gain so much value from this. So thank you so much. It's my pleasure. Thank you. And to all of you legacy leavers out there until next time, subscribe on all platforms and don't forget to rate the show and leave us a review on Apple podcast. And I just want to thank each and every one of you that continues to listen each week that helped us rank globally in the top 1.5% of most popular shows out of over 2.8 million podcasts. If you enjoyed today's show and you can think of, I'm going to challenge you to five women that you can share this episode with. Feel free to screenshot this week's episode and you can tag us on Instagram. You can tag Taylor at Taylor LN or at Cup of Tay Shop. And you can tag myself at The Real McKinney Smith and continue to walk in greatness in your stilettos in a manner worthy of your calling. <laughs>